Hey, I'm Pat B. And I'm Adam Willis. And you're listening to The Geek Town here on WEMF Radio. Mm. Mm. Change that up. Like, great strength juice. Like, that's my great goo. Yeah. Hey. Ah. Mm. Ah. I you from drinking that mess. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Geek Down here on WEMF. I am Pat B. In the house, I looked to my left. He's bringing up the sidecar. He's got the guns at the ready. <laughs> and you can't mess. You can't stress. I can't express how appreciative I am to have this dude watching my back. His name is Black Adam Willis. Yes, sir. Thank you for that rousing introduction as always, my friend. I like the sidecar idea, though. What? You ever watch the show, that cooking show, Two Fat Ladies, way back in the day? And they used to roll in on a, uh, a motorcycle in a sidecar? No. Nah. There's, like, these two fat British women. And then they would, like, cook this stuff and, yeah. Wait, wait was it, like, Barefoot Contessa and her sidekick? <laughs> no, it was, like, the, you know what I'm talking about. Amy, you know what I'm talking Amy about. Amy Cobb in the house. Okay. Two, fat lady, two Fat Ladies was amazing. Clarissa Dickinson, Dixon Wright was one of my favorite food writers and food presenters of all time. Uh. May she rest in butter. <laughs> yeah, she oh. would. They would cook. They would just cook with lard. Well, hold on. Well, oh, like, 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 it was like Clarissa and Jennifer, and they were. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah. But, but Clarissa specifically went on to make a number of food documentaries that and were just exceptional. Yeah, she truly explained them all. She has a wonderful thing called uh, Breakfast, Lunch, and Dinner, which is all about the history of breakfast, lunch, and dinner in the wow. UK. Wow, I can't hear Breakfast, Lunch, and Dinner without thinking of um, that uh, SNL skit with Keenan Thompson dressed as the uh, rent is too damn high guy. <laughs> because it wasn't just about the rent being too damn high. It's all about food being too damn high. And what do we get once we get the rent covered? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> it's like, you're, you're not hungry? Too bad. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> all right. Now, no, the food shows is a separate animal. You all have your preference. You all have your preferences. I have mine. I want some backup because, yo, Johnny, just Johnny. Yo. Can I get some love for Yan Can Cook? Yan Can Cook, hey. and so can you. That's what I'm talking he's, about. He's my boy. I love Yan Can Cook. Yan Can Cook Chinatown no is the best. You know Martin Yan? He would take a cleaver and he could like debone a chicken in like 30 seconds. And he'd be like, it's I'm done. fascinated by that it's stuff. It's done. The people that like have really good knife work in the kitchen. They can he just, truly like, wizard. Yeah. The original food ninja, man. Uh, yeah. The original. The original food ninja. <laughs> As opposed to our modern food ninjas. Yeah. Well, modern food ninjas are like Mark Dacascus, people who have no business in the kitchen. You know, although, although, although I know Herb, DJ Herbie Herb, keeping it sound amazing. Hey, everybody. Racial Ray or nothing? Oh, wow. dude. Oh, she Man, sucks. I was about to give you all the respect Boo. of the Alton Brown Nation, and you, 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 you come back with that. Rachel Ray. Herb, do me a favor. Sorry. Just uh, mute your mic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because we have an action-packed, fun-filled show for you. Yo, we got so much good stuff, and I am ready to nerd out hardcore. Amy, I know you got my back on this, because mm-hmm. we are in the midst of the 50th anniversary of a show, a series, a legacy that has helped form much of who I am today. I'm talking, of course, about Star Trek. Yeah. Absolute best. Because we never talk about that enough in this show. I always like it. I always like it because I am, like I said, I, I, I put this out there a bunch of times. Like, it's just so big. It's like the Doctor Who thing. It's just so big that I just don't know where to jump in and start. Well, that's the beginning of any yeah. series would be good, to yeah. be honest. I would, I would choose either the original series or Next Generation as a place to start. But honestly, you could just sit down and watch any series from the beginning and be mm. like, ah, oh, yes, they are in space. And that's kind of all the backstory you need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would say, Adam, knowing you, I would actually recommend you start off with Deep Space that's Nine. That's my favorite. It's because it's, yeah, it's, it's more fast-paced. Now, there are a lot of character backstories that you would have a better understanding of if you did have that. But they're unnecessary. But exactly. Sure, 
number that that, that would pick my interest enough to go back. Absolutely. Oh, I would say Deep Space Nine, if, if someone prefers more drama to their series, if you will, and a little bit less lighthearted goofiness, I would go with Deep Space Nine. Not to say it didn't have moments you. of levity. No, it's uh, a little more rock and roll and a little less country is what she's trying to get at. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. So what's going on with this new Star Trek? Well, with the new Star Trek, we'll jump right into it. Um, the uh, Do you recall... Actually, oh, you never watched the series. My bad. Um, on the show, there was a woman called Magil Barrett. Uh, she was uh, she played a character called Loxana Troy, and she she was also um, in the original series as well. Yes, she was the, in the in the original series as uh, Nurse Christine. Okay, Christine something Nurse Chapel. Nurse Chapel. Nurse Christine Chapel. Indeed. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people didn't know um, that she was also the voice of the computer in the later Star Trek series. And Gene Roddenberry's wife. And Gene Roddenberry's wife. That is an interesting backstory too, because she started off as his mistress. Mm-hmm. Which almost got them f- them both fired, and, her, mm-hmm. and Gene Roddenberry kicked off his own show because the original Star Trek was a Desilu production, run by then um, ex ex uh, Desi Arnaz's wife Lucille Ball, who uh. because she was ex because um, Ar- Desi Arnaz was a notorious philanderer dude. This dude was you know, he he was, he was just smanging up left and right because he was freaking Rick Ricardo, <laughs> <laughs> the original Coxswain himself. Um, but no, it's like so. She had a very strong moral clause built into everyone's contract that worked under her. Moral clause being this dude's a producer of the TV show, working for her, cheating on his wife, and it's not a secret within the studio system. The second she found out, gotta fire them both. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it almost didn't. It almost didn't uh, come to a head. Seriously. What does this have to do with uh, Magil Barrett? Well, Magil Barrett, for a long time in the later years of the series, was the voice of the computer, which became kind of a character in itself. Very well-known uh, voice. Anytime something went wrong with the ship, she's the one counting down. Anytime someone's uh, taken over, she's the one saying, you are locked out, <laughs> and SOL, Captain. <laughs> well, now what they've... Oh, by the way, she died in 2008, which is why this is act- an actual story and not just hearsay. But Star Trek Discovery is a new series, a new Star Trek series. Oh, Amy, you oh no, I'm have, just flexing my hands. Right, just flexing on you. Just hand gesturing. It looks like she's giving me the finger. It's actually just a stretch. I'm just stretching my middle finger. Just it's real sore. No, it's just a muscle spasm. I know. That's how I get down. Now that biting the thumb thing though, there's no excuse for that. Um, well, the lobby on my side. If I bite my, no, I'm gonna uh, stop right now. Yeah, <laughs> we terrible, all know I have a degree. Terrible. <laughs> um, no, we're talking about the new series Star Trek Discovery. Star Trek Discovery is using uh, phoneme analysis. Uh, to, and still is likely they still have to try to pull it off but uh, to keep Magil Barrett's voice as the computer uh, Star Trek actor and wife of creator uh, uh, Gene Roddenberry as you mentioned um, was the voice in the latter series and she continued to do that even after um, Gene Roddenberry died uh, she started uh, doing voice acting uh, for everything in the Star Trek universe from um, like video games, animated series even uh, Enterprise mm. Um, oh, let's play Hold on a second. Yeah, now with the uh, new Star Trek show in the works, the producers are using this process uh, to try to translate and carry her voice. Um, now, this is the same process that uh, Apple uses for Siri. Uh, yeah. If you ever bought one of those um, GPS apps that uses a celebrity voice? Yeah, those are kind of creepy sometimes. They like get an Uber and someone's like, "No, I thought they were cool, man." Yeah, it, it, it is, but it's 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 creepy sometimes if you don't expect it. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe, but that's all the discretion of the drivers, so they're the ones weeding you out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and this is better than like like some some of the other services have uh, the actual voices of people that record a few lines, and then it's kind of terrible. If you ever heard of the Mister T uh, GPS, oh yeah, that could have been great. It's like I pity the fool who don't make a left. 
I wanted that someone to use like a Gilbert Gottfried one. <laughs> oh God, no! I turn left at the light. That's, that's what like, I want. Oh. You'll never miss your turn again. <laughs> yeah, no. Don't say that. That's not. Drive it right off a bridge. I can't get that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you get. Oh wow. Um, but no, no. This this uh, uses the syllables, the, it's the the building blocks of language, if you will, and uses the different syllables and uh, that we pronounce and sound wow. that we make to formulate words and actual language, and that's how Siri comes together and can actually speak to you and speak back to you without just every word in the English language and every other language. So basically now Major Barrett can be the new Siri. Absolutely. Which is really all we've, all technology, if you think about it. It's all coming together for this. It's just building to this moment (laughs) when you take out your iPad, which is very similar to the PADD that you would have in Next Generation. And then... You have the voice of the computer coming out of it. This is this is the zenith of my life, Pat. I don't know. I've got very bad memories associated to that voice, including every time the ship's going to blow up, every time the Ferengi assumes control, every time someone that goes in the holodeck. Never happened, and every, Pat. The, the, I watched an episode today. They, you're, they didn't take control of the computer, but they uh, brought Captain Picard, I the know. orb from the Stargazer. They tried so hard to make the Ferengi into bad guys. Yes, they did. And I love when <laughs> the Ferengi would turn on the other one. space Jews. Yeah. There is no profit in this for us. Originally, they were, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was Chinese racism, then went to anti-Semitism. They were covering the spectrum. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I just love the Frankie so much. Oh, jeez. Pat, you just don't have the lobes for business. Not um, the lobes uh, look, for I'm business. I'm sorry, I bribe everyone in gold-pressed latinum and gold-pressed <laughs> latinum only. Um, well, okay, okay. Well, this is pertinent because it's a, it's a cool process, and Magic recorded a library of, uh, of, of these phonemes, uh, phoneme... Uh, sounds before before uh, before a passing. Um, what they do is basically they give you certain phrases to say in sequence, and then they chop basically chop that up because it's kind of like the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog. There are certain phrases that cover all the syllables and sounds that you can make in regular day to day speech, and then they just basically chop and screw that using computers. It's a kind of an awesome process when you look into it. When you're talking about on a radio show, it sounds like total BS. So I'm gonna move on. But um, hopefully the uh, actual voice of Magel Barrett will be the actual voice of the computer in the new series if they pull this off. Now, this is still pending because they're still trying to make it work. But, dude, that'll be badass if they do. Yeah. Okay, that was sarcastic. But, Amy, that'll be badass if they do. Yeah. I want it. No, I do, too. I'm saying from the actual Star Trek, another Star Trek fan in the room. It's super cool. Because Adam's looking at me like, dude, what the hell's wrong it's with you, man? It's super hey. cool. <laughs> Adam, Adam, we gotta, I just feel like gotta, I'm sitting you gotta here. You got to come to the dark side. I'm like friend. all but sitting here in like Star Trek uniform with like Spock ears on, yelling, "It's super cool!" Yeah. Trust me, oh, trust bro, me. Look, they Adam. have 50th anniversary pocket protectors. Dude, I, I, I bought Star. I bought Star Trek stamps. Okay, they came in the Pat, mail last. Pat told week. me about them, so then I bought. Star you, is Trek that real? Stamps. Yes, exactly. That's you have Star Trek stamps. They're forever totally stamps. They're that's really totally nice. Real. I stocked yeah. them for the next year. For my when, life. I, when I run out of Batman, I can move on. What's to. what's on the stamps too? What, what, what uh, kind there's of? there's the Enterprise. Different class insignias. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Science Command. Yep, of course uh, they've got the the uh, iconic. I say iconic. I never really liked the symbol, but it's uh, the this symbol. We say to the radio. Yep. The well, okay. Uh, we were on camera over there on the side, <laughs> but the uh, but the Spock hand, uh, long live long and prosper. prosper. Yep. Or, Which is actually um, based on a Jewish symbol. Fun fact. It is. Yes. Fun fact. It's I, uh, the Kohen name. Uh, it's the hand of God. Really? I, I, I call it the Spocker. Uh, Spock. Leonard Nimoy was was Jewish. The shocker. And, uh, the Spocker. His, yeah. He actually adapted a lot of his Jewish upbringing into the way he presented Vulcan culture. 
Wait, so what's Jewish about the neck pinch? Uh, sadly nothing, but uh, <laughs> it's a fun thing to pretend. All right, well, Actually, how, about, how, about, quick, how, about, how about the mind meld? Quick story time. In 2009, I went to Fan Expo where he was uh, having a panel, hmm? and I actually got to ask him a question about how his Jewish upbringing affected the way that he presented Vulcan culture. Hmm? But he actually interrupted me to say, my goodness, your hair. Does, does your mother know? And then I laughed and said it was my natural color because I had pink hair and my pink eyebrows matched. Nice. And I actually got to converse ever so briefly with Leonard Nimoy. So that wow. was like this shining moment in my life. Okay, that's kind of awesome. He kind of like razzed my hair. It was nice. <laughs> Gives you a noogie. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, essentially. <laughs> See, it's different for me. When I get made fun of by celebrities and I fight back, I, I kind of get, you know, handled by security. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't really take too kindly to that. Uh, they should. I'm saying, what the hell? All right, so, um, Adam, just to school you. Um, I got you that. Live much, long and yeah. prosper. I got the live long and, and prosper. I'm not a complete. And screw bitches get money. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fun fact Zachary Quinto couldn't do it. They had to glue his fingers together in the new track. Really? Oh, Zach, you failed. Not I'm everyone, gonna get the guy and Not everyone's hand can do it. Yeah, no, it's like kind of rolling your tongue, right? Yeah, it's supposed so to be, they uh, had to like glue his fingers together with like sticky tape or something so he can hold his live long and prosper. That's so lame. Both hands. That's so lame to know. <laughs> I wish I didn't know that. I'm well, sorry. No. <laughs> I can I can also do this. The uh, the Brittany Murphy I'll never tell. It's like a guy playing The Rock can't lift an eyebrow <laughs> in the rock, future Rock movie. <laughs> you smell what The Rock is. Can they got like a string to it, ripping his eye open? Yeah. <laughs> Hold it with toothpicks, do it like a uh, His nickname is Daughter the Pebble, and I can't handle how cute the it pebble. is. Really? Yeah. He'll That's post pictures on like Instagram and be like, it's the pebble. And I'm like, the... stop it. Stop being adorable. Stop, stop being it. adorable, you're you perfect, giant you're perfect man. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> a hunk. That's not a no, word if we anyone, use throw if, out anymore. If anyone is a hunk, though. He's a hunk for Dwayne sure. Dwayne the Rock Johnson is indeed a hunk. <laughs> and, and his daughter, the, uh, the Brahma goat. <laughs> All right, we, we're not even covering the news here. Let's let's um, the next story. Uh, actually, Amy, since you're a uh, very well versed anime aficionado, you want to take uh, so there's been a merger of sorts between Funimation and Crunchyroll, mm -hmm. and Funimation will now, instead of being a separate uh, streaming service, will be offering their anime on Crunchyroll. So if you are a Crunchyroll subscriber, you're going to lose all of your life like well, I explain am. Explain Crunchyroll. Uh, so Crunchyroll is anime Netflix. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's really all there is to it. It's just a wide array of anime. They also do a lot of great releases of things for example jojo's bizarre adventure mm -hmm. near you know i think within a day of it airing in japan there'll be a subtitled episode up online for premium premium subscribers yeah they're very good with their coverage um available online yeah. and they have a channel right um i'll be honest with you i think they do i i just subscribe online so i'm yeah. not the most well versed in that they do have uh, apps available on like gaming consoles so any yeah. of the major gaming well, you consoles can, you can get it you can watch it on any well that's the same thing as like having subscription online because mm -hmm. you can watch Crunchyroll. i watch it on my phone sometimes you can get it like if you have roku you can get Crunchyroll, mm -hmm. smart tvs it's really great mm -hmm. And this is a huge, huge thing because Funimation has tons and tons of anime. You know, Cowboy Bebop being one of the most well-known, but a lot of the most well, popular anime favorites. of the past 15 years, it's all Funimation. So this is a huge increase to the amount of things that Crunchyroll will be presenting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like six ninety nine a month, I want to say. Is that what so it is, yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's, 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 you get it's a lot. It's like, yeah, it's all streaming, do they send out? It's all streaming. Mm -hmm. uh, now, one of the good things about partnering with Funimation is Funimation has always been, uh, I mean, for eons, uh, one of the main uh, subscribers, one of the main um, providers, thank you, yes, of home anime. Yes. You know, when we, when we used to buy those white cassette tapes back in like the uh, 90s and stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. um, those used to come from Funimation. I could and build a fortress of, us, of Magic Knight Raider. Some of us anime 18. 
but those would be where you would find your anime for your VHSs and your home collections back when you couldn't find most of the stuff and it would, it would, it would most of it wouldn't run on TV and you couldn't find it in local video stores like you, any place that had Funimation would have like a shelf but that was the name you came to know Suncoast 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 um, Video I worked at Sam Goody for a while man I had the inside track I would special order things like no we got a we got a big claim for these so let's yeah, get 30 of them everyone wants Blue man. Heaven yeah Oh man! Uh, all I'm gonna say is La Blue Girl. Well, you know, stop right there. Pause. Let's keep it a family show, and we're getting kind of off the point. Uh, what this means is now, <laughs> for a long time, uh, anime fans would have basically subscribed to both services. Now they don't. Yeah. Uh, one, you can have one subscription this for is, a lower price yep. and a much larger library. This is on par with Hulu and Netflix getting together, but mm-hmm. in the anime world, essentially. Well, yeah. So yeah. they've they've just tripled their inventory. Mm-hmm. That are like uh, Netflix and HBO, because you know, be honest, that's all what we—that's all—that's what we all want. Netflix and HBO. Yeah, that's not, what I want. Not gonna throw Cinemax in there. No, I, I, I owe it to my—I my... owe it to my 16-year-old self to have at least a couple I of like Prime Video. Do you just want to watch some Passion Cove, Pat? Passion I, I, Cove. I, I really you know I'm a fan. <laughs> oh, Couple that with Red Shoe Diaries. You'll, oh, you, won't see me, you won't see me all. Wasn't uh, Duchovny? Did he, he do Red Shoe Diaries? Was <laughs> that oh one? my yeah, god! Yeah, yeah. you going, did, you going yeah. way yeah. back. He, he he was it's on all that, about Californication now. Yeah. Oh man, this is basically him. Well, come to think of it, now thinking of those, this dude's history outside of X Files is sorted, man. Like, yeah, he's wow. done some great. I mean, well, he did like the Twin Larry Peaks, Sanders though. show. Twin Peaks is Twin I think. Peaks. He was Twin great. Peaks is but on Larry Sanders show too, uh, he was great because he uh, he was like in love with Larry Sanders. He was in love with him, and they had that thing where he asked him to be on the final episode, and he does like the uh, the basic instinct like leg cross, but he's wearing like a towel in his hotel room. Okay, <laughs> and Larry um, Sanders takes a look. And he's like, "Oh my god!" Like it's such a great, it's a great episode. All right, well, I didn't. It's weirdly remember. sexual. Everything he's done outside of the X Files, even in the X Files, he has that Gary weird Shanley? like. Uh, oh, David Covey. So, sorry, yeah. <laughs> Gary Shandling, yeah. <laughs> well, Gary Shandling was in the X Files. He was he has that episode, right? Wait, wait. What about Larry Sanders? Then was he there too? Shut up. <laughs> they, they, I think they were both there. Right? Uh, he we, played his stunt double. We yeah. were talking about wholesome Japanimation. Yeah, sorry, and... sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, <laughs> no Nightmare okay. Campus. Over All right, so so very wholesome animes like um like uh Battle Angel, um or <laughs> oh, uh, Twin Angels. Uh, or, um, you don't vision, want to. You don't want to do this, Pat. You don't want to. You don't. You don't. You don't. You don't want to open this. It's, this it's, door. It's, it's, it's very inside gags that only certain people will have. Uh, Johnny, what's your favorite anime? Uh, geez, Berserk. All right, cool. Good choice, actually. My current favorite uh, is Shokuzeki no Soma. I know no one asked me, but I just want everyone to watch Food Wars because it's it's both high school drama mm-hmm. and Iron Chef. And it's a like an etchy series. There's a lot of like boob jokes and like well, people okay taking a bite of food, and then they'll like you know be like, oh, the food's so delicious. Uh, but it's like totally bazonkers. I love it. Food wars. Everyone watch it. Food wars. Food All wars. Right. M. Cobb sold food it. Wars. On, sold it here on the Geek Down. It's food porn. Almost <laughs> literally. Adam. I mean, yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> Adam, favorite anime? Favorite anime? Oh, I don't know. I love like the, the sweat beads forming on your on forehead. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, there was this movie, A Sword for Truth, that I always really liked. That sounds familiar. Yeah, it was. It was like um, a manga released, the, and it was. Uh, it was supposed to be like the first part of a series, but they never made any more of them. Oh, so it's super That's... incomplete, and it just like makes no sense, and is really stupid. But like, when you picture it, like as a series, like what where they could go with it, and it was really, really, really like interesting to think about. But then, like I said, if you just watch it, you're like, this is stupid. You know what I mean? Well, but it was... a lot of things will make you think that. But I mean, 
maybe that's a good thing then. Maybe uh, yeah. if that's the route it seemed to be taking, yeah. hence why they stopped it, like, you know, nipped it in the bud. Ninja Scroll is so Ninja good. Ninja really good. Mm. It's so good. <laughs> when he's like, the, we used to laugh, you know, back when I used to smoke and everything, and there was uh, that scene at the end when he's fighting Gamma, and he just headbutts him like 40 times. We rewind <laughs> that over and over and over. Because he makes that face when he's getting headbutted. Man, I gotta rewatch Ninja Scroll. I don't think I've watched that in like 20 years. Oh, it's so good. I have yeah, it on DVD. Dude. I'll bring you. Okay. That <laughs> it's been a Ar- while. Well, Armitage <laughs> Third, I think, is another one oh, man. that went under the radar with me for a long time. Uh, yeah. And um, I was lucky enough uh, to have uh, relatives that really like to force their movie collections on you. Yeah. So that's how I saw things like Armitage the Third, yep. you know, and things like Tank Police. Dude, Man, so. see, my dad would tape the like late night anime, regardless of what it was, and like never once looked up what it was. Mm-hmm. So growing up, I had a VHS tape that was <laughs> double double featured Ninja Scroll Wicked City. <laughs> this from your dad? Well, he never he never looked at what it was. He was right, like, oh, anime, right. midnight anime. It's all gotta be wholesome. Amy will right? love that. She um. loves anime. So I watched Wicked City when I was like thirteen. Still a favorite, though. Were you into, like, Chaos Comics and things back then? Oh, God, then that, yeah. That, that, okay, right. okay, that makes sense. Then it's right up your alley. But any other case, if you were... I mean, in, look at me now. So pure. <laughs> what's hentai? I have no idea. I've <laughs> never yeah. seen any of that. All right, well, Herb, not to be neglected. Favorite anime, buddy? Oh, man. Uh, Itafukuri Arkira, one of those two. Oh, man. You know? Okay, okay, okay. One, you're weird. Two, you're old. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know dude. Akira is so good. The though. first time I no, seen Akira, Akira dude, yeah. First time I seen Akira, they know though. Like I'm like, oh, cartoons are only for children. This is gonna be a fun time. Uh-oh. Yeah. And I watched it. Yeah, dude. Yo, I, I thought I was gonna puke after I saw it, dude. I just had to watch it again and again and again, dude. It was awesome. When dude. I was younger, instead of playing Marco Polo, we just yell at each other, Kaneda, Tatsuo. <laughs> we just be like, instead of Marco Polo, we scream in that. Oh, Lose man. your friends to the mall, Tetsuo! Alright, kids, this is the previous generation of nerds. If you're I know, right? Oh, man. oh my god, <laughs> any millennials are like, I don't know what any of these things are. Oh, they probably know a couple. Anyway, right. no, so it's Kira is, man. Come on. Yeah. No, I will give one um, one solid recommendation before we leave, because one that I had never heard of, and I uh, just happened to come across the right conversation at the right time, and the right group about to see the right movie, well, movie series, and there's one called Kino's Journey, which is something I never thought I'd like. It's about just a um, boy who's actually a girl, you find out later on in the series, but that's not a spoiler because it's the thing that kind of comes in your face yeah. with a talking motorcycle uh-huh. and just traveling from town to town. And it's far more badass than you'd expect from that. Nah, I never heard of that. Screw I've never yeah. heard of that. Kino's, Kino's Journey. Kino's Journey, really? Oh, Kino's Journey is awesome. Check it out. Will do. Uh, earns my stamp approval, yo. All right, we have gotten so far deep into the that's news, right. and we're, we have so much. We're just deep in the anime zone. We'll just we'll just pull back. It's yeah, fine. But hey, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have such nights to show you. Right now, I want to hear from my homeboy, just Johnny, you, who was able to check out a game that I actually saw at PAX, and I want to see if you had the same impression that I did because I just got to play the demo, and it was hot garbage. But you may have had different <laughs> Not to let that steer your opinion. <laughs> really? Hot garbage. Yeah, right. Johnny, give us a lowdown on Final... Uh, the Final Station. Final Station. Final Station. So it just released. Um, I played So I played the game twice. I played it with the demo. Uh, probably the same demo that you played. And then I played it again after release. Uh, and... So the demo itself, it, it's missing a lot of things, but it's trying to set like up. Like fun, like entertainment. Uh, I, I actually find it uh, entertaining and fun, what? but not 
It's not in your face fun. It's not immediate fun. It's, it's, it's just, not in your face fun. <laughs> the fun is never. That means. It's it's yeah, almost right? like you have to you have to kind of high uh, find the fun. Wow, it's that in there. sounds great. Tucked into like these little places. I love uh, subtle fun. Yeah. All right. So uh, the final station. It's a two D side scrolling zombie apocalypse train simulator game. Sort See, of. See that description right there is what sold me. Didn't that movie just come out? When. It sounds like you just you described you just described the video game version of Buckaroo Banzai. You realize that, don't you? Uh, sure. Buckaroo Banzai across the dimension. You familiar? With I'm it? not familiar with that. It's a movie about a guy who's Hong simultaneously a samurai, a detective, a test pilot, a rock star, um, brain surgeon, a brain surgeon, um, and uh, with a particle physicist, all at the same time. Mm. Sounds like total BS. Actually, an awesome movie. Please continue. So okay, uh, but like that i'm guessing or maybe not it it does okay, all pause. these different we're watching things. this movie after the show <laughs> all right it, it does all these things but it doesn't do any of them great mm-hmm. uh but it doesn't do any of them bad it's just uh it's just there uh so you're you're walking around and you aim around with your mouse for your gun and uh like resident evil or other survival horror games you have to scavenge uh for am- ammunition and med kits and things like that uh and Everything is very limited. Your resources, the food that you're gathering, uh, you'll find these uh, citizens or people that uh, you rescue, then take them onto your train, and then you have to sort of make decisions as you're riding your train because, for whatever reason, every single person is bleeding and starving to get Well, it's like the post-apocalypse. The whole thing, um, like I got brief notes from someone trying to sell me on it from one of the marketing people, but I think this may have been part of the motivation of the creation of this game is that movie Snowpiercer? Oh, that yes. movie's so good. Yeah, that's, yeah. Good. that's a really that's good movie. It's and a shame that it led to this game. <laughs> it, it really is. What? But Unfortunately, in a post-apocalyptic society... Um, actually, Adam, you like Snowpiercer. You might, I do, yeah. You might hate this game as much as I did. That movie's so um, <laughs> it's a distinct possibility <laughs> by the sounds of it, yeah. It's a post-apocalyptic society, for anyone not familiar with Snowpiercer, where all of... Well, the, re- the rest, the remains of mankind... All exists on this one train, and which they perpetually eat these like gooey candy bars things. That yeah, has food yeah, that it, turns it, out to be something. It's the future worse. sponsored by Lara bars. Yeah, is what that is. <laughs> but everyone exists on this train. Like every living human being on Earth is on this one huge, like just big ass train. Yep. And in this game, all these people that survive the cataclysm are they, they come on the train. They're not l- limited to the train, but that's pretty much what it is. Well. Kinda. There, there is uh, society. There are the. There is this uh, one big giant city that you live in that you go back to, uh, and it has shops, and you're collecting money and things like that that you then spend. So there is this meta environment to the game as you're going around uh, uh, the different rails and the different stops along this this major. I'm not entirely sure where it takes place. I think it's some fictitious uh, um. land, but. Uh, you're sort of Narnia, somewhere between Narnia, yeah, Narnia. and Waterworld. Yeah, uh, and you're going around, you're collecting people, and there's different uh, sort of story missions. It's not really, it's very linear. Like you're, it's go to, from point A to point B to point C. Um, like it'll and, suck here, it'll suck there, it'll suck. Uh, I'm, I'm, no, it, yeah. so it doesn't suck. It's not bad. It's mm-hmm. it's interesting and fun. The only problems with the game itself is that it's. Um, it's not polished, so it's missing a lot of things. They they could have well, added like a, a lot of things. It's like a tiny game. It's it's like uh, games like Party Hard, where the the characters are set up as pixels, and everything's yeah. meant to look like eight bit, right? 
It is. It has that that eight bit art style to it. Uh, the art actually. Amy's looks, yawning. That's the right reaction. Yeah. <laughs> the art. The art is actually uh, pretty good. It, it's not bad. Like if you appreciate sprite pixel based art, you'll you'll appreciate the artwork in there. Uh, the audio though, it, this this is probably the biggest complaint that I have with it is that it seems very unfinished. They're going for a very like quiet, moody, atmospheric uh, sort of. Like uh, I would say, oh. Twilight Zone kind of vibe, mm. where it's kind of appalling as you're experiencing these things. See, that's and it's what very depressing. Because it felt empty. You know, I thought at the yep. very least they would fill it with like ambiance. You know, and it was kind of lacking in that department. It is on the audio. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right on that. Like the zombies don't really make the zombies with air quotes. Uh, they don't really make that much sound. Those black <laughs> dripping, and I don't mean black like hood. I mean black like. <laughs> That is black. Yeah. That that yeah. sure is a color. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like um, movie monster no, dripping goo from their jowls. So from Tiny Build, I would say this is probably the best game I've played from them. All right. From then, from that publisher. Okay. Now, notoriously, I love Tiny Build games. Johnny hates them. So this is like a complete 180 there. Oh, all right, so no, you hate them, dude. It's, don't. I don't hate them. It's just I don't like Party Hard, and that's the only one I don't like. That's like the only one you play, though, and it's an awesome game. Oh, um, it's a fun did, they, did they do uh, Punch Club? They did, they did Punch Club. They did punch Speed Runner. I like Punch Club. You like what? It's, oh well, no, I said it's good, yeah. not great. I like same punch thing with club. this game. Good, Up not on, great. Until I played this, Punch Club was my least favorite Tiny oh, Build man. game. I love Tiny Build, with those two exceptions. And ironically enough, those are the ones that Johnny's pushing hardest for. It seems. I, look, man, it's not great. That's it. You know, it's it's mediocre. Mm-hmm. Getting the gold it's, star. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this this man is trying to be the Joker to my Batman. Is what's going on here? Uh, I am. You you are the Orokusaki to my Hamato Yoshi. That's what's going on here. I can't sell the game to you because it's uh, there's there's nothing like outstanding about it, hmm? and I also can't say it's bad. It's worth checking out. The demo uh, should be very telling of it. So if you didn't like the demo, then definitely don't get the game. Well, here's one thing that really got me, too. Um, do you remember how much the game cost? $15. Exactly. $15 yep. for an 8-bit style pixel game that... Whoa, 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 whoa. Just because it's a pixel game doesn't mean that can I, can I you need to drop here? down in price. Oh, I'm, no, I'm, I'm just saying that operates in a very limited scope. Can I finish? If it, can, can, <laughs> I finish? <laughs> can I finish? <laughs> All right. Well, I think, I think you may have sold Adam. <laughs> okay, I finished. I myself will pass. Yeah. Um, but no, dude, so you would actually recommend Cats check this out? Uh, check out the demo. Mm-hmm. If they're not feeling it, then definitely don't get the game itself. And if it ever hits a Steam sale, then uh, check it out. It might be if it hits like 50%, 75% off, which it most likely will in a couple months, then it might be worth checking out. It's no. not bad. If you like zombie games and managing people's health. And if you have a lot of time to waste and don't respect yourself that much. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'll stop. They oh, definitely improved here. it since the demo. They definitely improved it. Okay. All right. You know what? Maybe I'm being unfair. You're right. Because this was a few months ago. Maybe they've added just so much good stuff. They've ramped it in. Now when you win, there's like, you know, blackjack and hookers. Yeah. You know, man. Maybe I, maybe I will give it a second chance. There you give go. it another world. There you go. Who knows, Pat? Who knows? I, I know. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I mean, oh, completely fair and unbiased. Um, <laughs> oh, no, I, I may check it out. What's up? I was gonna say, you know what? You should just try AM2R. AM2R. You AM2R. can't get that anymore. I got it. That's the match. You have it. I have it. I can. I can send it to you. Cool, cool, yeah. cool. Let's not pretend like we dis- we discussed this possibly illegal transaction on a uh, on a nationally broadcast uh, forum. We're talking about apples. 
munching yeah. to rabbits. The sequel, exactly. Um, <laughs> all right, no, thank you very much. Uh, the game is called The Final Station. And it's available right now on Steam. Uh, only on Steam? Uh, only on Steam, as far as I know. It might be coming to other places. I probably should have looked that one up. Uh, no worries. Herb, you going to check it out? Mm, I don't know. Yeah. All right, that's a no. <laughs> uh, all right, but no, thank you very much. And dudes, while we're on the subject of games, I got to go to the Boston Festival of Indie Games. Mm-hmm. Johnny, did you get to go to the Boston Festival of Indie Games? I ate some figs. You ate some fi- I don't know what that means. That sounds gross. Festival of Indie Games, fig. You ate them, though? A fig is a fruit. I know, but ugh. All right, all right Amy, did you get to go Oh, to boy, the, howdy, to- did I. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Yes, sir. <laughs> right, we all got to go to the Festival of Indie Games. Adam is the only one that couldn't make That's it. That's why out, I do the show, though, so you can all you can fill Hot me on. Oh, yeah, but this. dude, this this man right here was there with us in spirit. Yes. Yes. Harambe, me and him just chilling. Oh, no. just just him Adam, Adam was just outside swinging, just dangling all day. Just going, yeah. Um, you know, the Boston Festival of Indie Games is a uh, is a gaming festival that comes to uh, has uh, been a tradition in Boston. This was the, the fifth, fifth annual. Fifth year, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the last five years, we've gotten a presentation, exposition of the local game developers, independent developers, even, and one thing I love about it is this isn't like a larger convention where you have to be at a certain level to even like buy a booth and then have like funds behind you and stuff. This is open to all, including uh, students have uh, yes. games displayed there. You know, that's one of the Some of the best things, things for student games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It has like full coverage, and it's an awesome place to go, not just to see digital games, but tabletop games, you know, your board games, card games, all that. Those are always what I'm most interested to hear from you guys about. I like the the tabletop games. Dude, I love this convention. I love this exposition. Uh, I've had a good time in the past, and this time we actually got to be a part of the ceremony. Indeed. Mm -hmm. Pat and I hosted the Figgy Awards, which is the awards given to the best in show, audience choice, etc., games that stood out in various categories. Yep, indeed. Um, also got to deal with some of the hardships that come with dealing with the very uh, bootstrap uh, flyby operation. Welcome to emceeing, Pat. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. We rolled out the doing. tattered carpet for you. <laughs> Covered up the potholes. Right. No, actually, this was my first event that wasn't uh, specifically like, you know, rock music or, well, music festival or music anything. Um uh, oriented, so this was this was a change. This was kind of wild, um, and I also want to call out McSamey Macab for you know, really uh, you. stepping up and handling biz with some improv <laughs> skills. I really um, enjoyed it. it. Was it was a good time? Yeah, no, it was a rocking good time. Um, I enjoyed the hell out of the fig. I want to hear the impressions though of somebody who I saw once on like a uh, rush to the bathroom and then never got wind of again for the rest of the day, but apparently took in the whole thing. Just Johnny, yo, you got the full lowdown. On uh, on uh, the fig man, give us the word. What's good? I did. So uh, I went through all of the digital showcase, the upstairs. So uh, Johnny, they, consummate they, hater of tabletop. Why? Yeah. Why? Well, they did have a couple of tabletop games, and I did play one that was on the digital room, and ended up being probably the the most interesting game that I checked out. Um, although it didn't have a name, or at least I didn't catch the name of it, so I can't really talk about it other it than saying it was interesting. Was the game without a name or? Uh, I can't remember because the guy was explaining so many different things to me and there was no uh, real assets to take a picture of other than the cards. Mm -hmm. And there was no logo on the cards itself. It just had like a 
Just a card back, a regular card back. Very covert, kind of suspicious, almost like a monkey paw situation. Yeah. So it's separated. So the upstairs is uh, the digital showcase, and downstairs is where most of the uh, card uh, board games and card games and things like that are. Mm-hmm. So I checked out just the digital showcase, and uh, this year seemed smaller than yeah. last year overall. There wasn't any. Uh, last year had a lot of big vendors, like uh, the Unreal Engine was was present. They had a booth this year for Unreal Engine, but. No one was there. It was completely empty. There was actually a couple booths there that had placement. Nobody showed up. No, um, I know nope. they tried to use the space a little more efficiently uh, this year, where a lot of things were kind of strewn in random places, and that kind of make it ha- made it hard to do your voting. Uh, also, it made it hard to feel like you're covering thing, you're seeing as much as you can, because you'd be over here and there'd be like 10 booths behind you. You have no idea where a line starts and where another line ends. And then where another booth blends over into the other, the next table. Uh, things kind of melded together and it became hard to notice uh, if you're in the line for the game you want to play. If you're in the line for a game you've already played. If you've been to this side of the room because they've like changed several things since this morning. You know, it seemed more organized and more uh, feng shui this time to yeah. me at least yeah uh, i i agree with that but it, it's also probably because there was less people there like just less people attending and uh and as i said there, there were like booths that were supposed to be demoed by you know game game developers and they were just completely empty they they're they just had placeholder signs that said hey check this out yeah there were some of those now you find that with fledgling operations they probably didn't have the money for some of the um uh, for some of the uh, other recruitments that some of the larger uh, and more well-funded companies did. You know, they buy their own banners. You know, they buy their own cards and flyers, things that actually stand out. Some of them even just had, like, the game itself yeah. and, like, Nothing the name written on, in, like, yeah. copy paper and yeah, stuff. Yeah, people big disparity between, like, the big booths but really grand setups. And, like, mm-hmm. some of the better games, though, were just some guy with a computer and, you know, his name on a note card. So Yeah, some of them were really cool. Um, okay. Uh, so I checked out. So of the games I checked out, um, there, it kind of pains me to say that there was nothing that really stood out and amazed me and was worth talking about. Really? Uh, that that game I mentioned before, the one I play tested, which wasn't a digital game. It was just a, a essentially a tabletop RPG, but done with cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the most impressive thing I got to play, and even that I didn't. It wasn't so impressive that I immediately thought, "Hey, let's take a picture of this. Let's let's make sure I I remember this one particular game because there it wasn't super worthwhile for just highlighting nothing because it was very very early in its uh, prototyping phase." Yeah, that's, that usually hurts when you can tell a game has promise and potential, but it's just not there yet, and they kind of came up on the deadline. Maybe it's a limited uh, dev team or something. Uh, some of the games that I did get to play were really reliant on you got to draw a group together and people can really get into it and then see as folks play the real fun aspects of this you know because it's not evident there was this one game with uh it was a um it was a trivia game normally a trivia game i'm a bar trivia it's a social activity this was meant to be that same type of setup that same uh, type of experience in a an ipad game yeah which isn't really something you can do solo. The fact that we were put on teams of three or more people, that's what made it fun. Because then the uh, purpose of the game is you get a collection of questions or get a collection of categories and you kick 
the category over to the person who feels they have the best expertise in this. You can't play that solo. It's like, um, okay, I don't know about Greek mythology. I'll kick that to the AI. I don't know about um, drag racing. I'll kick that to the AI. I don't know about dialectical materialism in the Smurfs universe. I'll kick that to the AI. (laughs) You know, uh, when you just throw it to, like, the person next to you who's just sitting there like a deer in the headlights. I, 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 I don't know who Charlemagne is, man. You know, it, it's fun because then you laugh at them, but they're also on a team and they're kicking you back questions. And I'm answering things about breakfast cereal mascots. You know, it made for a fun time. Uh, so things like that you see, it's very compartmentalized in how awesome a time it can be to how suck-ass a time it can be. You know, I will call out one game that... Being really, alone is not fun. No. <laughs> no, it's not. It's solitary experience. <sighs> Thank you, Adam, for outing yeah, my dating man. experience. Did, on did the you end up trying the, uh, the octopus game? Yeah, it was. It looked like a, a Game Boy game, but you're playing as like a little octopus squid, squishy thing. Was this the magnetic octopus? Because it, it was a magnetic one that was my favorite one last year. I didn't magnetic, see it. That, no. oh, what was okay, the one right. that Amy was talking about last year? Was it the cat one? Is there anything? Kitty in a box. Yeah, yeah. box. Is that game anything? is hard. Mm. That game is so hard. You was there any on that level? That. Yes, was there? Amy, you've been pretty silent here. What's going on? Uh, my favorite game was Anamorphine. Which is a game that it's about a guy trying to figure out what happened between him, or you, the player, is trying to figure out what happened between this guy and his wife. I didn't get to play that. I and his saw wife it. is a cellist, and there's no text or speech whatsoever in the game. Just these beautiful landscapes and the cello music that leads you from place to place in the game, and there's some light puzzles to figure out. And it's kind of you're piecing together what happened, and it has things that are both in the real world and this like surreal fantasy world. It's put out by Artifact 5. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was phenomenal. It actually ended up winning, as you know, one of the Figgy Awards. It did indeed. And it was just exquisitely done. It was absolutely beautiful. I found it very interesting as someone that sometimes finds games with a lot of voice acting a little grating. I really enjoyed the way that it was so nuanced. You find voice acting grating? I mean, the people that Adam hires, like Gilbert Godfrey, can't possibly get on. Look, if I had a car, I genuinely would want a Gilbert Godfrey GPS because I feel like it would keep me on my toes and Uh, I wouldn't miss turns. Turn right at the light. It's like, oh, whoa, buddy. All right, I'm doing it. (laughs) I'm up, I'm up. uh, (laughs) But Adam, Adam, uh, as a quick aside, has anyone seen the thing of him reading Fifty Shades of Grey? Because it is choice. What? Whoa. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, it's good. That's that's real. It's, It's really Gilbert Godfrey really reading Fifty Shades of Grey. Dude, that's not okay. But uh, I grabbed a supple breast. <laughs> but that's literally what it is, Pat. It's incredible. Oh, um, let's just by that. Yeah. So Anamorphine was just phenomenal. I absolutely look forward to playing it. The people running the booth were really informative, and the demo was just, it left me wanting more. So you said there was no, There's no voice or, or no text No voice at all, or huh? text whatsoever. Wow, that's very, that's you fun. are, it's just an open world platform. You're kind of exploring your way through. You are led, if you will, by the cello music. Fun cello fact. This is not something involved in the game, but it's just a fact that I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, cello is the instrument that most closely mimics human voice. Um, really? Is it? Yes. You wouldn't say the... Uh, What's the proper? I almost call it a Jew's harp. I know there's a proper name for it. The Jew's harp. That is yeah. that is the name for it. That is the name for it. It can okay. be a Jew's harp. I know uh, what you're talking. All about. right. Well, then, yeah. You wouldn't say that's the most closely. The little sings mouth harp. That, yeah, sings how it uses the human voice. No. All right. The the cello has a nice round. It's the cello. It's the cello actually, yeah. you can look this up. This it's, is real. No, it's, you wouldn't but say the, the Peter Frampton voice box. No, I think <laughs> it's not the. <laughs> now all I can think of is on the Simpsons when the pig doesn't release. That's all I can think of now. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that dude's guitar's talking, man. 
But yeah, so I highly recommend Anamorphine. I look forward to seeing uh, further developments on that game and hopefully playing it on Steam sometime. Uh, All right. Um, I also, really quick, want to give a shout out to No Regerts. No Regerts. No Regerts, the game of poor life choices, which is a tabletop game, card game, where uh, you are trying to get the best tattoos for yourself and give terrible tattoos to those around you. It is super, super cute. Great artwork. Good people running that booth. Really excited to see more of it. And uh, whoever has the most real tattoos gets to go first. So the two times I played it, the other people at the booth did not like me. Yeah, <laughs> anyone who doesn't isn't watching the feed and can't actually see, Amy Macab is covered, covered in, all in, over in, my in, face, in tattoos. Although Adam, I just have Adam, juggalo paint there, on you all the time. Her, you could have given, given Amy a run for a, uh, you know, you've got a few uh, a nice collection going yourself. Sure, yeah, would have battled, yeah. <laughs> battle though. Could have been a battle. He's like, like battle. He's like, yeah, I could kill. Yeah, no one shot. Whoa, whoa. Um, I mean, I really—it was. A, it, there were some fun games there. None, none of them are as good as Dating Pigeons, of course, but they were—they were pretty good. What's the I worst game? The worst that's game that you guys, uh, you, you that I played this weekend, like yeah. the worst game we played. Oh, see, that's There's that's mean few. to pull it out on people. No, no, no throw, throw it out there. Last year, you I you know had, you have one. Ooh, Everyone's God. Last year, okay. I, had, I had that. I had that 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 college slash uh, as a uh, day job. Yeah, that's the death simulator. Right. Uh, yeah, that was a fun story. I, I didn't get to play as much as I wanted. They were all they ranged from okay to really fun, so I can't call one out as the most suck attitude. Um, but how about you guys? You guys got to see more than I did. Uh, there's too many. I there's, know it's unfortunate. <laughs> I, I would like, love like, to right, see Magnavinus. It's only but, an hour show. All right, oh. there's there's one where it's uh, like you see this at every single uh, indie booth show, like a showing with multiple indie booths. There's mm-hmm. one where it's a. Uh, Essentially mimicking Towerfall, where it's just four players all in one screen, like mm-hmm. a Smash Brothers style thing, or yeah. to- Towerfall Ascension style, uh, style thing, and they all attack each other, and it's one hit kill. Um, oh, I know what you're talking this about. This one I had uh, one. it was like Kung Fu Ninjutsu. Yeah, but they, they were they like were ninjas, cyber- right? cybernetic ninjas. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to the guy a little bit about it, um, and it's still like in early production so i don't want to fault them for it but i mean like it's pretty glaring that it's very very early in in production and there's still a lot of kinks with it the yeah, controls are not spot on Ketsu. yes i had some fun playing that i think that really came down to who you're playing against because you're right the game itself very simple very rudimentary very early mm-hmm. on in the stages but i was lucky enough to be placed with a group i'm not, I'm, I'm just a, I'm, I'm a habitual bser that's just me. That's just who I am. You all know this and hate me for it. But I was with a group of people who were kind of holding their own with the smack talk. So it's like someone takes you out and then, oh, you see that? He made you his, you know. Well, we, that's, we kinda, that's people making the game fun. Not the game making, making you have fun. Exactly. <laughs> people made the game fun. We had to find the fun within it. Much like the final station where the fun is not evident. And you have to make your, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll stop. But no, that's the game. Um, that's the game you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, yeah. You're right. I can definitely see how if I w- I wasn't lucky enough to be in that situation, it would be kind. Of, it would be a really mediocre time. Uh, there was another one. It was like a endless runner. Um, I forgot where you're playing as. I think it was like an orb or a spaceship or something. Mm-hmm. And you're just going up, and there's these bars. You have to sort of fit your ship in between, and just you. Uh, I think you just tap on the screen, and all you're doing is just tapping, and then that tells your whatever it was device object to go forward. Mm-hmm. And you're just constantly tapping to go forward and trying not to hit 
these walls. And the gimmick is that the screen will start tilting on you. So the angle that you're trying to move through is skewed and that kind of disorients you a little bit, but it's the most basic of basic things. And it was, uh, I don't know, I guess some grandma somewhere. Like if they, they, <laughs> they should, they should like know who the they're game, Finally a game for Nana. <laughs> they, they should know who their demographic, no, you know, their target demographic it. is, and oh, cater no. the art style to that. I have the game for Nana. Okay, I, I'm actually look. I just went through my pictures here. A game called Mad Tea Party. No, you're taking oh. my bad game. Oh, oh. I'm, okay. I played no, you, you, you got this, Pat. It's no, fine. no, no. You got this. It was this just snoozy. Yeah, it's it a, was just very. I really, the art was cute. Mm. I liked it conceptually, yeah. and it was just. I I felt so bad. I had to like feign going somewhere else. I'm like, oh, I got to interview someone. Sorry. <laughs> I gotta yeah. go. Oh, would you look at like, the I time? I, I'm, I'm, I'm late it. for a funeral. I'm, I it must, was so oh. snoozy. That yeah. actually would be the worst one. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel what's bad this, calling them the out like this. Yeah. I don't want to throw shade like this, but like it was just it's it was Mad Tea Party, mm-hmm. and it the like, concept of the game. Uh, you're in the Alice in Wonderland universe. Which is why I was like so excited about it. But you're just making the freaking tea party. Yeah. Like legit, like the, the tea party. Like it's Alice not even like cook, it's not even like cooking, Mama. Like you're making the tea party. Like this is just organizing. It's like when it. you sit around with like your kids and you play house. Yeah. You can brute force your way to victory in this game. That's, it was very weird. It's setting the it's set the table the game. <laughs> yeah. So. There was a game that was chores. Lit- the no, game. but there was a game that was literally a tabletop game for kids about cleaning your room, and it was more fun. Yes, than the Alice in Wonderland. That's game. not an exaggeration, man. How screwed was, up is that? It was more fun than the Wasn't Alice in Wonderland. Wasn't even digital. You couldn't point and it click and move. It was a tabletop game about cleaning your room. Mm-hmm. Can I can I just say some real yeah, quick? Well, you don't don't, right. don't don't defend the Tea Party game. Right. <laughs> uh, students, developers out there, please. I know you're gamers and you love playing games. Just make games that you want to play. Stop trying to chase this <laughs> this you know blue ocean of gamers on iOS. Just make a game that you want to play. Just please do that and stop making these one and done. No, but it, tiny it does projects. it does feel like people are making this almost like how can we be the new innovative esoteric thing? And it just yeah, I've got to be weird, man. Weird sells. And like weird does sell, but you know what? It has to be good. Like think about something like Earthworm Jim for for example. Earthworm Jim was so imagine, good. but imagine yeah. when that was being pitched, people were probably like, "What the hell is this? This is wacky." But it's a good solid gameplay, yep. and that's what a lot of these games were lacking. It yeah. was the replay value. It was a lot of these games. Like I said, like I'm really excited about Anamorphine because what I saw of that game hooked me. It made me feel, oh man, I can't wait to see where this goes. Mm-hmm. Too many of the games that I played, particularly some of the tabletops, I just sat there like, oh my god, this is a chore. Yeah, tabletop and I is feel a hard so one. bad because it, I know that these people put their heart and soul into things, and I don't want to sit here and be like, screw you guys, you're terrible. Like I know that it's so much work. <laughs> well, sometimes it, that's the that's the purpose of the game, though. If you recall, uh, there was this wrestling game. That I know you got to see. That was great. Okay, wrestling was called SmackDown. Yeah, it was called Smack Talk. Smack Talk. Smack sorry. Talk Showdown. Smack. This game was so good. It's you. You are uh, given three cards, or more than three, but one of them is basically the premise of who you are and where you are, mm-hmm. the type of venue that you're at, and whatever your gimmick is. Yep. And so it'd be something like, all right, you are at a ladder match in you know Dayton, Ohio. Yes. You are a uh, you know. Your, your theme is that you are a dragon and then you have to speak in a southern accent and you have to cut a wrestling promo and it was just hilarious. And you know how you play this That's game? Fun. 
Adam Willis, when I get you in the ring, brother, what I'm gonna do is bury you under a pile of gold. I'm gonna show you the real meaning of scale, my I've never felt I'm this much electricity before. <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen when I touch his hand. Oh, man. Oh, but yeah. what makes it so good with that game is that actually there's a person that's, that's the producer, and what they can do is introduce at any point another card so you'll be doing that and suddenly they'll give you a card and it's like okay now you have to say everything backwards oh wow or like now you have to speak in a you know you have to speak in a british accent now Affect or like different you know it's, it's so like it's just it seemed like a lot of fun i'm sad that, that i didn't fun. get to look into fun. it as thoroughly as i would have liked but see that's the thing we're all sitting here having a great time talking about it and there were just too many games where you're like yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it could be. Dumb, yeah, no, you I get what? you with the, like the sense of being like we we got to be the next like other, you know what I mean? So mm. it's just like when you when you really are trying to hunt for it, you know what I mean, and force it, it, it comes up. You can tell it's well. Sometimes cast try cheap, too yeah. hard, man. Yeah, no, that's it. There, yeah. there that's is it. now that I remember, there is this one game. Um, it's essentially Legend of Zelda, mm. except you're just going through dungeons, uh, levels of 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 a dungeon. Mm. There's no combat. It's just Puzzles. The, com the combat's the fun part. Well, some people enjoy puzzles. Well, no, no, no one's watching Indiana Jones without Nazis, okay? Right. So sure. that particular game was probably the most impressive of the video game of the video games that were shown. Was this one uh, Zelda inspired? Just do puzzles, go through this dungeon, and do more puzzles. Because um, I talked to the developer a bit. And from what he described about the later on content, it gets really complex with the dun with the the puzzle design. And he and he like just early on, you're already going into like he has set up uh, puzzles that are reminiscent of Portal. And then it goes even further. He brought up the the term quantum puzzles, quantum mechanic puzzles. So, oh wait, I think I know who you're talking about. He mentioned that, and I'm like, that's interesting. Intense. That's a lot. Yeah, so. conceptually interesting versus yes. in yeah. practice interesting. Two different I didn't things. get to see it. So. All right, well, just wrapping up, I enjoyed the crap out of the Boston Festival of Indie Games. If you're local to the Boston area or just up for traveling, it's, a, it's an awesome experience. I have yet to have a bad time. I'm also glad that even though it was sweltering, just like dog testicle sweltering <laughs> up on that top floor. Yeah, they uh, need to fix that. Yeah, it was still... Yeah, it's AC in the building. There's no excuse. Well, anyways, I had a good time. Um, really want to spend more time on the tabletop floor. Saw a lot of cool stuff. And we hosted the crap out of their award ceremony. Sure it was did. a fun time. Um, also, once again, Cobb, thank you for having me back. No problem. Mm -hmm. And we rocked the sucker and uh, would love to do it again. Um... I had an awesome time. Game I'll call out is uh, shooting for green light. Mm. It was fun. Conceptually, can be tweaked a little, but it's That's a platform that operates with FPS yeah. controls. It was great. Favorite game, Johnny? Uh, it's going to be that Zelda puzzle game. I don't know the name of it. So you're, uh, it is on, uh, from what I talked to, to the guy on, it is on Steam uh, Green Light, I believe. Mm -hmm. So you can green light the game right now if it hasn't already passed, and it certainly will past Greenlight. All right, cool. So. Amy, favorite game? I would say my favorite is Anamorphine, but uh, also Nazi I party? definitely, no, sadly no, but I do still have to give a shout out to uh, the guys at Dragoon. That game is off the charts awesome. Oh yeah, those clowns. Really yeah. good to see them around again. Mm. Those jackholes. Um, the late-waste games, fools. Yeah, good for them. <laughs> no, they're friends of the show, so. Yeah, I'm, friends of the show, but they, the Dragoon is an excellent tabletop game. Check it out. It's available online now, and I look forward to seeing where Anamorphine goes. I definitely will be picking that up for Steam. All right, cool. What I'm looking forward most is getting Adam out to one of these, finally. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> I'll make it. I'll uh, make you, it. You say that, but dude, I mean, we're going to drag you out, kicking and screaming to have fun, damn it. <laughs> There's a thing that'll happen. 
All right. Um, let me close out real quick because I got to check out a comic that, dude. Well, okay, we talked about Star Trek earlier. This is near and dear and close to my heart, and also just perfectly timed for the 50th anniversary. Uh, Star Trek Alien Spotlight. Mm-hmm. Well, Alien Spotlight Volume 1. This is the first um, graphic uh, that collects the first six issues, which it turns out is an ongoing series. So they've done at least 12 right now. Um, they've collected them in the graphic. And this is a series that spotlights the alien races in Star Trek. Which is awesome. Yeah, no, it's dope. They explore different planets, different generations, and you get different stories by different people. Uh, what this actually comes down to is Star Trek aliens, sometimes aliens, sometimes antagonists, always enigmatic. And this series is trying to uh, bring light to some of the backgrounds that we never really got from the show. Even if you've watched every single episode like I have, or you've pretended to like Amy has, then you really get... That was I'm, so I'm, rude. I'm, that, you wound me, Pat. <laughs> You're yawning on the show. I gotta make sure you're still with me. I slept like three hours last night, man. All right, I'm sorry. But, um, no, it's just cool as hell to get, like, extra information on that. And we're all familiar with the Ferengi. We're all familiar with the Klingons. You know, we know uh, the Cardassians in and out. But how many folks know the backstory of, like, the Andorians? You know, just, like, random curveballs like that it throws you. And that, I thought that was tight. As a fan of Star Trek itself, any, any version of the show, uh, just the universe and the lore, this is something that's just freaking cool to have insight into. And one thing that really jumped out to me, is I, re- I I acknowledge that it's written from the perspective, well, not from the from the uh, from the uh, no, it's written in the style of the shows. Uh, dude, first page of the first issue, it has a red shirt getting red shirted. You know, it, it it's that like they're paying attention. It was written by fans. I love the crap out of it. Uh, some of the names that actually wrote this because it's as a um, anthology series. It's written by different people, illustrated by different people. Uh, but some of the ones that jump out are creators like John Byrne, um, uh, uh, Star Trek editor uh, for ID, uh, Star Trek editor for IDW, Andrew Stephen Harris, uh, Scott and David Tipton, uh, just people that have been working on these in this stuff for a long time. And it's Star Trek Aliens right now, uh, Volume One, and I think maybe Volume Two are out. I highly recommend them. Um, I think we'll do a follow up too once I can get the rest of the series in my mitts and paws here, but. If you're a hardcore Star Trek fan, it's kind of a must-have. If you're not, but you're interested, definitely check it out. Get some background information. And it's just a good comic story. That's one of the things that I love and have to call out. Because if you read a comic associated with another series, I've noticed this with some of the Star Wars comics, it's not really entertaining if you're not already deeply invested in that universe. This doesn't carry that stigma. So for that, I recommend Star Trek Trek Alien Spotlight. Go for it. All right. Boom. Yep. Now, this has been the Geek Down here on WEMF Radio. I've been Pat B. I want to thank my homeboy. I give him a pound. Black Adam Willis. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. I want to thank my homeboy. I give him a pound. Amy McCobb. Boom. I want to thank my homeboy. I give him a pound. <laughs> uh, just Johnny. You. Just Johnny. Just. Just. And, of course, DJ Herbie Herb. As always, keep it sounding amazing. Thank you, sir. Woo. Yeah. I want to thank you all for listening, and you can catch us here on WEMFradio.com every week, Monday nights, 9 p.m. If you heard anything on this show you want to chime in on, hit us up at geekdownradio at gmail.com or catch us at geek-down.com. Also, we're on SoundCloud, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on iTunes, we're on YouTube. We are all over the spectrum now, and soon be back up on Instagram. We had a little hiccup there. But anything you want to jump on and let us know you care, feel free to do so. Until next week, you can catch us live here at 9 p.m. Monday night. Same bat time, same bat channel. 
And until then, be excellent to each other. Peace. Peace.